for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Andrea Vasquez. How's it going today, Andrea? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just doing really good, considering it's allergy season, but <laughs> we don't have to go too deep into that. Um but really excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, been listening to your song all day, and um, your most recent song. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, but for the people that are just getting to meet you for the first time or getting introduced to you, uh, what, what's kind of your uh, origin story? What got you into music? Uh, real basic stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles, California. Um, I grew up in a very musical family. All of us are kind of in the touring industry, producing, lighting, directing, so all of that. Um, so I feel like just being around music and people that always pursued it as a career was never weird to me. Um, so that's been awesome. And yeah, so I've been really, really doing the thing since I was like about 17, moved to Nashville about five years ago, and it's been the best decision. Awesome. Awesome. So you were born in California, but then you moved to mm -hmm. uh, Virginia after? Yeah. Okay. I was there for, you know, a good bit of my childhood and mm -hmm. then came back out to California and kind of was there from like high school on gotcha. till more recently. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and at what point did you start picking up the idea of pursuing music professionally? You know, I, I grew up playing instruments as a kid. It was always like voice lessons and piano, guitar, violin, believe it or not. And I don't know, it was always in high school where everybody was kind of picking out a career. I was always like, I'm going to do music. So it was never a question or there was never really a, another thing for me. That was always it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, when you were younger, as you were kind of going through the process of taking voice lessons and picking up various instruments to learn how to play, uh, who were you listening to for influences like music wise? Definitely powerhouses. You know, I, as you probably hear in my music, I've got a lot of attitude behind it. So definitely Miranda and Carrie and Shania Twain growing up and Faith Hill and just those big female powerhouses were always a very big influence of mine. Awesome. awesome. I really listen to all genres of music too. So I think kind of influences everywhere else. Yeah. Cause when I was listening to your music today, I could kind of tell, yes, you're very much country music, but there's influences from other places. Like, um, yeah. you know, so that was really cool and unique. And I really enjoyed that. Like, yes, there's definitely that country feel to it, but there's a little bit of a rock and roll feel, you know, a little bit of blues, you know, just so it, it was really cool and interesting to kind of Thank you. go through all the different types or through all your songs and, you know, pick up the different hints of influences in each song. So totally well thanks yeah no i mean i'm glad and i think that's kind of the goal is for to kind of be well-rounded for everybody yeah absolutely absolutely so you just dropped a new single made me cry it's been out for a little bit right 
Mm-hmm. Um, it made it CMT debut, which is pretty cool last month. Cool. Um, what, what's kind of the story behind Made Me Cry? So I wrote that with David Espinoza, who is a writer on Used To, and another good friend, Nina Soro. And that was actually the first time that all three of us wrote together. Um, we've written a couple other things too, but um, Made Me Cry, we were just kind of, I feel like every songwriting ex- experience, especially with them, is just kind of like a therapy vent session. Yeah. And the whole point of Made Me Cry is if you see in the video, it's not her crying over this person. It's kind of like, that empowering feeling when you leave some toxic situation behind. So that's kind of what we wanted to capture in the production and everything about it and the story. And then definitely you could see that in the video, you know, she's partying, she's happy about it. Yeah, for sure. And do you do um, music videos for all your singles or was. Usually, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like this uh, since the pandemic, I feel like, just the content grading and getting more into the visuals is something that we started to do a little bit more. And I think it's just so fun. We actually did the video in my house. I mean, it was a whole DIY situation. Yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It was definitely a really cool music video. And you, you brought up the whole DIY thing and I picked that up, but like during the pandemic, everybody had to get really DIY and it would just kind of, yeah, on, you just make it happen. Yeah. It That's on, my motto <laughs> for sure. And so for made me cry, how long have you kind of had that song sitting in your back pocket? Is it an older song, newer song? I think we wrote that one actually like last summer. So mm-hmm. it really wasn't that long. It, I think that when I told my producer, I was like, that's actually what I want to do next. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we didn't expect to kind of put that one out as quickly as we did, but it's um, just one of many that we're recording at the moment. Gotcha. Gotcha. And is the plan to kind of go for an album or you just kind of see yourself doing singles right now? Definitely an album. There'll be more information pretty soon, but um, yeah, and we're currently working to push out another single sometime early summer, but gotcha. the goal is an album by end of 2022. That's awesome. That's really cool. You know, it's interesting because like the pandemic definitely had its, its own release strategy. Like I feel like a lot of musicians that were ready to like release an album or a full body of work were kind of forced to kind of pivot it and yeah, yeah, just kind of figure it out from there. But the thing about it, it I mean, which, you know, it's terrible that everything was going on, but I don't know. We weren't the only you know, I'm not the or- only artist that kind of had to reroute. So I think everybody's kind of doing the same thing right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it's really interesting. And now that things are kind are starting to open back up and shows are mm-hmm. happening in festivals, it'll be interesting to see if we pivot back to like a more traditional release strategy, or if this whole idea of single, single, single is going to kind of remain king for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's unpredictable. I mean, it's changing all the time. I feel like the rules get really flip-flopped for every single release. So just got to do it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you've been in Nashville now for about five years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously you were there well before the pandemic hit. Uh, What was it about Nashville that kind of drew you there? Um, I mean, I have been traveling here for a while and collaborating with other songwriters here for a while and I don't know I mean it's just there's just more of like that sense of community you know and LA is just such a film town and 
in, I don't know, I've tried to explain it to so many people though. It's not just country music, it's pop, it's mm. alternative rock, you know, indie music and just so many different things coming mm. out of Nashville. And I just feel like there's just more of that sense of community. I've been really lucky to have found a really good group of, especially like women in, in this industry where we kind of collaborate together, whether we're songwriters and producers and videographers, photographers. And I just feel like there's just more of that like community feel here. Mm-hmm. It's very apparent. Yeah, for sure. What I often tell people that ask like that have never been to Nashville, I've only been to Nashville a handful of times, but even a lot of, even in those handful of times and the people that I've talked to outside of Nashville or that are in Nashville, Nashville is very family-based. Whereas yeah. you, you, and you come, totally feel that. Yeah. When you come in, it's like, yeah, it might take you a minute to kind of find your tribe or your group, but once you do, you're in. Like it's, and even if you're not in, like you could just go anywhere and they'll be like, oh, you're a musician. We should write together. You know, so it's all all mm-hmm. accepting. Whereas LA, not to speak bad about LA, but it's kind of like a members only club. Yes, where- it's very like, you know, I've been in rooms there where it's like, it's just like, it just gets awkward. Like you don't yeah. collaborate as much with your friends. There's it's like an ego thing, not yeah. always, but a lot of times. And I don't know, I just don't feel that pressure here as much as yeah. I did back home. Yeah, for sure. Like you have to keep up appearances in LA, whereas yeah. Nashville, if you go out and you have a bad day, brush it off, get back out there. Yeah, so. no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, that's really the kind of feel I get about it out here too. For sure. So did you, were you uh, playing music as well when you were out in Virginia or was that more of when you came back to LA the second time? It was more when I came back. Yeah. I was so young at the time, but um, in LA, I mean, we were touring a lot um, at one point, probably closer to like 2014 to 16 Mm -hmm. era. We were doing a lot of festivals and touring around the East coast and all of that. And obviously when I moved here, I definitely kind of did a little bit of shift and kind of, you know, I matured, I have like a different sound and it's been awesome. But those definitely were big, big, big learning years. Yeah. I mean, especially like getting on the road the first time, you know, we were babies at the time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then at what point did you start writing your own music? Was that more of when you got to Nashville or? It was always. Okay. And, you know, the the EP that I put out in 2020, um, that was a lot of songs that I had written back in L.A. and you know, you're kind of just shifting gears of management and everything at the Mm -hmm. time. And I was like, I don't want to let these songs go. Let's just freshen them up and kind of establish them a little bit more. And so that's what we did. Gotcha. You you touched on something very interesting right then. You had a group of songs that you didn't necessarily want to let go. Whereas most musicians, they would have probably let them go where as you just Mm -hmm. wanted, you wanted to get them out because they represented a certain time in your life. I'm yeah. guessing, I'm guessing that's how no, it, no spot yeah. on. Um, well, they represented a certain time in your life and you wanted it out there to represent who you are. When you say you wanted to freshen, freshen them up, was that like changing lyrics or maturing the lyrics or like, what do you mean by freshening them up? A little bit of that. And you're just kind of tweaking them and definitely just the production quality and everything. Mm-hmm. We kind of, cause those were like, an, those were old demos mm-hmm. and that we had done and we just kind of, redid them all here in Nashville. So that was really cool. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And which, so now that you're in Nashville, who, or where do you go to record your music in Nashville or does it kind of change time to time? I've worked with a couple different producers, but right now I'm working with Jason Bobo. He's awesome. He's also from Texas too. Um, he's from Dallas. So I got really lucky with him. He actually, I needed him as the guitar player for a gig. That's how that kind of all worked out. And I mean, he's a phenomenal producer and he's actually my, I have a cousin out in LA, Jonathan Cohen, who mixes a lot of my stuff too. So it's become a collaborative effort with the two of them. So that's really been working lately. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yet I'm assuming you've been doing a lot of writer's rounds. That seems to be the very popular thing in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, For people that don't know what a writer's round is, can you kind of explain what that is? I mean, it's great because especially just, it's just such a great way to network when you do the rounds and then you're always up there with a couple of different singer songwriters and you kind of just have to sit there and listen to all of them. And you guys all kind of play one by one. And I think that's just such a different experience. You know, my friends that come from other cities in the entertainment industry are like, wow, those are, that's really different. But that was like a very cool, intimate type of feel because, you know, a lot of places, sadly, when you go hear live music, there's just like, it's just kind of in the background, but mm-hmm. people are there specifically to hear that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's always the interesting part. Like when I go out to hear live music, there are certain venues I won't go to because I know it's more uh, meant to be like background music or just like mm-hmm. tone setting music. covers and all yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's always interesting. And luckily there's a few places here where I live that like you go there, you're going to see the music. You're not necessarily going there just to go drink and have fun. And then the music happens <laughs> to be there, which, you know, like drinking and having fun is cool. But if you're going there to see music, you don't want to be that one person like listening to the music when it's not really that's not what it's really there for. So. No, totally. Um, so you've been, at, so you've got this new single out that we've been talking about a little bit, mm-hmm. um, made me cry. I know we t- touched on this a little bit before, but, um, what w- went into like the writing process for the song? How did, was it an idea that just kind of came to you or what kind of fell into this writing process for made me cry? The overall idea, I definitely had it in my head, but it was actually Nina who had the melody and just kind of like that whole groove of it. And then it was just able to kind of flow from there. I don't know. I I feel like I've gotten really lucky to work with people that kind of understand my sound and what I kind of want before even going to a write. I feel like a lot of times we send like some inspiration to each other, like just like a little bit of an idea and then kind of goes from there. But it was, you know, because writing, especially them too, they hadn't met. It could always be so awkward and it could be a complete yeah. train wreck, but we got really lucky with that. For sure. For sure. You know, it's, it's sometimes luck is the, uh, the best thing to have in your corner. Totally. I don't know what that was. That was a little <laughs> nerve. I just heard a loud bang outside my door. That was, sorry. That threw me off a little bit. Um, You're good. so no, it's, that's really cool that um, that you kind of went into it with a collaborative effort and uh, mm-hmm. you came up with the song you did as far as like, so as far as the instrumentation, is that something that you're heavily writing to, or do you kind of trust the other people that you work with in that aspect? 
Well, the great thing is, you know, so when I'm collaborating with a producer, I'm kind of, we're kind of building the song together, start to finish. So mm-hmm. we, I was there when they were tracked, when they tracked the drums and we just, the only thing I'm not there for is when we send it out for mm-hmm. um, Josh Matheny to do the Dobro, which he's incredible. He plays for so many big artists here in town and um, that guy's a genius. So anything that he throws on is awesome, but we're kind of there building that in. The cool thing is, you know, my cousin's part of a band called The City. They're doing really great right now. They're like an indie band. And nice. you could see some of those little influences. You know, he was mixing it, but he threw in some cool little synths and groovy things in the songs. So when we got it back, we we're like, this is awesome. And we would have maybe never thought of that had he not been working on it. For sure. Um, and so as far as kind of moving forward in 2022, I know you'd mentioned that you have a new single coming and possibly mm-hmm. an album by the end of the year. It is that the main focus or shows kind of the priority or is it kind of a mix of both? Kind of a mix of both, but definitely, um, yeah, we're, we're actually getting ready to shoot the content for the next single. Um, I mean, I'll just say it's a song called reverse that I wrote with a good friend, Taylor O'Connor here in Nashville. And we had that whole concept of it. Um, it's kind of when you rewind different parts of a relationship for different reasons at a different point in the time. And yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. It's a song that we play out often and people really respond well to it and I'm excited. So we're going to be shooting content for that. And I think that'll come out really early summer and then, the whole concept of the album is going to kind of be a, a story start to finish. So I'm excited for people to hear it. That's awesome. That's really cool. And um, the, how is this like a common practice for you that you'll play songs live a lot before you record it? Or is this kind of, Oh a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So most of your music yeah. is pretty road tested. Yeah. Just cause you just never know. And then that'll, that'll make you, I, I second guess a lot. I overthink. I'm a huge overthinker sadly, but um, yeah, cause that, that'll just, I don't know. It's like the last two songs I'm debating cutting right now. I need like a hundred opinions before mm-hmm. I decide which one I'm going to do. Cause I'm like leaning one way one week and then the other. So the shows are definitely a good way to kind of test that material out and see what's responding with people. For sure. For sure. And then as far as shows, what is, uh, what does your schedule look like for the, for the next few months? Are you like playing several times a week, a couple times a month? What, what does it kind of look like right now? Yeah. A couple of months. I have a, a show I'm really excited about this Sunday. Well, today's Sunday, but this coming Sunday, um, at the five spot here in Asheville. So that'll be a really cool one with another big art, um, really cool artist that I look up to Jay Keeper. He's kind of got like a more rock country feel, mm-hmm. but he's really talented. So that'll be fun. And then I'm joining the song suffragette, that big, that showcase that takes place at the listening room, um, on Mondays. So that'll be my debut will be, um, May 2nd with them. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to have to, I'm really excited because beginning of May, I'm going to be out in Nashville and it's not going to be on a weekend. So I'm okay, like, sweet. really interested to see what Nashville's like during the week. Every time I go there, it's like a Saturday or a Sunday and it's like, okay, <laughs> that's just wild. Yeah. It, that's cool. But it's all like cover bands or people performing nothing but covers because that's like for, you know, for obvious reasons, people are out. That's what they want to hear. 
but during the weekday, I kind of want to see what the scene is like on weekdays. And so, yeah, you'll have to check that out for sure. Um, yeah. So you, you've got a lot of cool stuff going on. You've got a lot of cool music going, uh, getting ready to drop. Uh, where are you kind of at writing wise right now? Are you like always kind of actively writing or where are you at creatively? It kind of goes through phases right now. I'm kind of going through stuff that's been in this vault, just sitting there for a while, especially during COVID and everything. So kind of picking through those up and kind of playing around with those older ideas and then writing some new stuff as well. I'm always thinking about, I'm like, okay, well, that one's done in my head. Now we need the next project. For sure. For sure. Are you uh, very disciplined with your writing or are you kind of free flowing? Like when the inspiration strikes or when you know you need to have something written or it's time to start writing, you're like, okay, from seven to 10 today, I'm writing. Yeah. It's kind of more that okay. when it just kind of comes to you, honestly. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, you know, it, it's interesting just kind of seeing the different, ways people approach writing and you know i think it has to do a lot with where they're at in their lives like if they've got kids and it's or a full-time job and kids and it's like i don't have the luxury of being creative um you know from 7 a.m to 4 p.m but after 10 p.m i can be as creative as i want to be you know so yeah it, it's i'm more of an evening writer too <laughs> I, I think that's pretty common to be fair. Like, I feel like a lot of creatives are very night driven, very. Oh, for sure. I could be exhausted all day and then 10 o'clock hits and I'm like, wait, I cannot go to sleep. because I'm yep. thinking about a hundred different things. Yep. I, I find that every day of the week where it's like nine 30 to five 30 when I'm at work, it's like, Oh, I'm so tired. And then seven o'clock hits and I'm home. It's like, all right, I got all this energy. Let's go. Yep. That's um, me too. It's a, uh, it's interesting and unfortunate. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Um, as speaking of that, do you have a full-time job or are you a full-time musician at this point? Yeah, I do actually have a job outside of music. So that's honestly a blessing, especially yeah. as 2020 kind of taught us that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then the only time that becomes like an issue is when you have to like go out for like tours or festivals or try and get off for gigs and whatnot. But I'm sure uh, that that's we all. make it work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sure. Um, so kind of moving forward, 2022 is going to shaping up to be a big year for you. Uh, you were kept yourself very busy 2020, 2021, which was kind of like the, uh, high points for COVID is just all I'm going to say about those yeah. two years. Um, right. And you got a lot of shows, you got a lot of releases coming up. So there's a lot of pressure on you, but what, what do you kind of do when you need to escape? What are some of your hobbies when things are getting a little bit much for you and you just need to kind of decompress? Definitely just surrounding myself with like good people. I mean, like my friends and I are kind of all in the industry together and mm -hmm. we just kind of do stuff to distract us from all of that noise and all of that and kind of be there for each other. Mm -hmm. We all are kind of always releasing music at the same time too, which kind of lifts each other up and, you know, you'd have fun outside of all of that too. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And so what is, uh, what are some of the hobbies that you do? Like, what do you consider fun outside of music? We do a lot of eating and a lot of drinking, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, eating's always good by my book. I've I'm right? good with that and drinking. I I'm all about it. So no, no judgment here to say, right. Um, cool. Cool. And then of course, um, do you, all your family still back out in uh, California, correct? Every one of them, yeah. So I'm the only one out here. And uh, you go, how often do you go back out? To, you said LA, right? That's where you're. Mm-hmm. How often do you go yeah, back out? Yeah, we're all though? over Southern California. I'm pretty bad about it. I go home about once a year. I know I need to go home more, but it's just hard. I mean, it's a, it's a long trip just for like a short amount of time, but then you're home a certain amount of days. And I'm like, this is why I don't come home more than yeah. one time a year. I'm kidding partially but no i mean they all come and see me too so yeah for sure i mean to be fair i live i live in texas but my sister lives in uh northwest indiana and my dad lives in south florida and the last time i've seen them was christmas and right i mean it's it's tough the only time the only reason i'm going to see him more than once this year is because my sister's pregnant and so she's supposed to be giving birth in september i believe so it's like okay i'll be there a couple (laughs) times this year right on any other given year, it's like Christmas and then like one offshoot day, they'll come out or my dad will come out to visit me. So, you know, other than that, it's, uh, it, it's pretty rough out there. I understand exactly, exactly. where you're coming from. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a pain. Yeah. Um, so now that, uh, shows are back up actively happening and whatnot, uh, what, what are some of the uh, dream places that you'd really like to, uh, travel to, to play music? I would love to make it to the UK. I think that'd be really cool. You know, there's obviously the C2C festival that happens every year and to be a part of something like that would be really freaking awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've, I've talked to a lot of musician country musicians over in the UK. I've had them on the podcast before and it's really interesting. It's really interesting because they come over, they want to come over to the U S and go visit Nashville, Memphis. Americans want to go over there. And it's like, it, that's just really cool. Cause it's like this melt melting pot of country music as like the UK kind of figure out whatever their authentic country scene is. Cause like, there's definitely an authentic scene over there. They're just kind of figuring out what their country music is. What it is. Yeah. yeah. And obviously you have people that have come over to Nashville and kind of take that Nashville country sound and take it over there. And so I hate using the word posers, but that for the <laughs> lack of better terms, that's kind of all I have for it. So, um, but that's, a, that, that's just because that's the only term I have for it. Um, but I don't want to keep you too much longer here because uh, it's Sunday night and I'm sure you've had a busy long day, but um, <laughs> sure thing. before we wrap this up, I do want to take you through a nice little game that we've coined here. It's a random question generator. And I'm going to ask you about 10 random questions, rapid okay, fire. Let's do it. So as quickly, as quickly as I can get them out, if you can answer them. Got it. If you could choose one superpower to help your job, what would it be? Mm, probably read minds. What would your rap <laughs> name? What would your rap name be? Dre. I've, yeah. Right. 
You yeah. just got to go. Uh, the option to embed a book or website into your brain for instant recall or reference, what would it be? Probably something that has to do with chords. Just be able to reference back to that would be great. <laughs> If you had a 25 hour day instead of 24 hours a day, wait, let me reword that one. If you have 25 hour days instead of the traditional 24, what would you do with that extra hour? Sleep. I do not do enough for that. (laughs) I don't think anybody sleeps enough. Um, No. What is the creative? Yeah. What is the most hipster opinion you have? Hmm. I don't know if I have one. What is that? I don't, I'm literally just asking the questions. So it's, uh, okay. We'll go to the next one. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you could turn your pointer finger, pointer finger into a faucet, what liquid would come out of it? Sparkling water. And then last question. <laughs> if aliens there you go. That, if aliens were discovered in space, what would your first reaction to be? What would your first reaction be? I would. I honestly wouldn't be surprised at this point. Nothing shocks us these days. That's true. And I'm going to do this one last question. If you could date any celebrity, who would it be? Justin Timberlake in a heartbeat. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, I saw that last question pop up. I was like, oh, I've never seen this question before. Let's ask this one because that's funny. Um, but thank you for playing the, uh, the, we haven't come up with the name for it yet, but we just randomly started doing that one day um, and it, people seem to enjoy it. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, but I do want to thank you once again for joining us. If anybody wants to check out any of your upcoming shows, releases, or just keep, uh, in contact with you on socials, uh, where's the best place to do that? Instagram at Drea Vasquez. That's where you can kind of find a little bit of everything on there. My link trees on there. So you can get my Apple music, Spotify, Amazon, however you stream music is all up there. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I saw that you responded to our TikTok post. That's something new. I started about a week ago. I was like, people keep telling me I need to get on TikTok and I don't know what to do on that. I heard that in 2019 and I wish I would have done it sooner. So I get it. Yep. And I'm bet I'm starting to get back on the uh, Twitter train or whatever, you know, because yeah, for whatever reason, it seems like a lot of musicians are using Twitter and it's like, okay, I can deal with Twitter. Whereas TikTok, it's just kind of like, I got to create special content for it. And it's just like, yeah, I'll figure it out one of these days. But (laughs) um, once again, I do want to thank you before we wrap this up. What's one piece of advice you have for the young musicians out there? I would just say to ignore the noise and like try to stop comparing. Very fair. Very fair. But once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later.